Hello and welcome to the Top Tutor Podcast, where we share insider information from the world of elite tutoring to help your students get the best results, both academically and in life. I'm your host, Nathaniel Dahlquist, the owner and head tutor at Grove Prep. I've been a tutor since I graduated from Yale in 2015 and focus primarily on standardized test prep and college admissions. Joining me is my co-host, Alexander Friedman. Alex worked as a software engineer and a researcher before founding Brooklyn Math Tutors in 2008. Since then, he's used his experience in math and computer science to hire some of the best STEM tutors in New York City. Hi, Alex. Hello. What are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about how your kid could set themselves apart from other kids in the class and uh, whether they should do that or not. I feel a couple of ways about that. The, f the first one is that what we must not do is call standing out getting a 98 instead of a 95. <laughs> because I, I remember so vividly, I had a friend of mine who, uh, in my freshman year of high school, and she was so concerned that she had a 95 in the class. She was like, I want this to be higher. I want this. I want to have a 98, 99, 100 in the class. Is there anything I can do for extra credit? And the teacher said, no. <laughs> the teacher said, I'm going to teach you something right now that's a little different, which is that a 95 and a 98, That's those are both still an A. It's not even the difference between an A minus and an A. And we don't do A pluses here. Like, like it, that is still an A. So what exactly do you want from that? Do you Are you looking to do more work? Do you want to learn something additional? Do you want extra projects? Or do you just want to grade because you're, you're seeking perfection? Which is different. <laughs> seeking perfection, trying to stand out by having 100s in every class is not the same thing as being curious, trying to learn something or deepen knowledge about something like that. Now, many teachers will actually have some sort of like extra credit opportunities. I remember vividly this very same teacher had an extra credit assignment that was given at the very beginning of the year and you had all year to do it if you wanted to, which is you needed to memorize about 40 pieces of Renaissance art that were hanging on the wall. What the painting, the year as far as best as we know, and the artist. And that was challenging and people loved it. The English teacher next door did it with um, like books, like who who wrote this, what year was it published, um, that kind of thing, which, which was really fun. And you know what? That was a fun activity. And now, you know, when whenever I go to an art museum in Europe, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a painting that I had to memorize for Dr. McCord's class like 15 years ago. <laughs> and And it stuck with me. It really stuck with me. And so... Students who are looking to set themselves apart can look look for ways to deepen their own learning, which any any teacher teachers teach the same thing every year. So the unit is always the same. It's the same flow. So if you're doing extra work, it's going to stand out because that teacher is used to seeing the same pattern every year. And so if you show up and you know something that other students don't usually know or that the teacher didn't teach you, that can be impressive. And what that can do is help develop a real bond with that teacher and have them, sometimes they'll decide to be a little bit more of a mentor than just a classroom teacher, which has all, you know, can be a great thing. It can have a small effect or a large effect. It sort of depends on the specific relationship, but that can be really beneficial to a student to have that kind of relationship with, with a teacher because that teacher's like, oh, you actually care about what I'm teaching. Because I would say that most teachers, at least in my experience, really do care passionately about their subject or they would teach something else. You know, there's a lot of things to teach in this world. So 
that's not always true, of course, but I do think many teachers really are passionate about what they're teaching. And so a student who is genuinely interested uh, will be important to them. They will want to engage with that student more, I think. I've had a complicated relationship with standing out in school. I've kind of always stood out, but not always for the best. It may not be obvious. I was totally a class clown, basically my entire uh, elementary through high school career. All the teachers definitely knew me, but not necessarily in a positive way. And when I eventually went to college, which was not directly after high school, um, I decided to do it a little bit differently. I was very serious at that point. And I kind of made friends with most of my professors. I think most students have this tendency to see teachers as these, you know, almost deities, these authority figures that are like, they're like, looking down upon you. But as you mentioned, they're just human people, human people as opposed to the other kind of people <laughs> who uh, who probably really enjoy their subject. Otherwise, they would be doing something else. And as a teacher of a type myself now, there's like nothing more satisfying than somebody who actually wants to learn what you have to teach. And so, so in college, I went to the instructors that were teaching something I was interested in say, oh, can you teach me something else? Can we, can we do a project? Uh, I'm not sure how well this would work in high school, but perhaps it would, uh, because I don't know if a lot of kids do this, but it, the, the teachers, uh, I guess the professors in college definitely are happy, at least many of them to give you something else to say, oh yeah, sure. You have lots of energy. Cause you know, when you're, <laughs> when you're at that age, you have tons of energy. Uh, sure. Try this. You want to learn this? Let's learn this. I, I, I ended up doing a independent study with a teacher of mine on like abstract algebra or something. I, I don't remember it. I didn't learn it that well, but it was like, it was great. The guy sat down with me. It was like, he was like the chair of the department and he was willing to teach me because who, who else was asking him, Hey, can you teach me something I don't know yet? Um, so I think that that's a positive way to, to stand out. And I, I, I think my message is to don't, don't be afraid of the teacher. Like don't be afraid of the teacher, get to know them. And I think many more of them than, than it might seem initially are interested in helping you out personally. And if you personally know the teacher, I suspect they'll be more likely to write you a recommendation, um, more likely to like just give you guidance in general and make your school career a more uh, pleasant and successful and effective one at that. I think that's very well said. I really, I really appreciate that. That's true. I, I, I'm very struck by what you said about that because actually I'm like friends with some of my high school teachers now. Little did I know that they were so young when they taught me. I thought they were so old. They were like 24. They were they were like new humans, basically. They, they were fresh out of school and they were really good at their jobs already. That was, that's the thing that always blows my mind is that like how good they were at their jobs. And, you know, when, when, once you're a real adult, like those, that age gap doesn't, doesn't really matter anymore or it seems much smaller. And it's, it's a really wonderful thing that, you know, I, I get to talk to those teachers about how they affected my life because many of them did in enormous ways. They taught me really, really wonderful things. And I, that, that relationship is still really valuable to me. I'm not saying that, that kids need to stand out by, you know, seeking a teacher who's going to be their friend when they're 30 years old, but uh, that is a nice benefit. That's a, a nice thing to have a friend that you have a lot of, in common with. And, you know, I still, I, I teach a lot of what those teachers taught me and we have lovely fun conversations about that, which is always enjoyable to me. What was your uh, interaction with those teachers when you were a student? Like, did you take the effort to like, kind of get to know them on, on a, I wouldn't say a personal level, but just like outside, like the obvious 
confines of of the classroom learning that they had in store i i did it had more to do with the fact that i was sort of relentless not necessarily about my grades but about improving and so if i for example you know test corrections or essay corrections are not required like you can just take the grade that you get but even if i got you know an a if the teacher had, my English teachers especially, if they had comments about something I could do better, I would rewrite even just that one paragraph and say, hey, is this better? And then they would say yes or no, and here's why. And you know what? I gained a lot from that individual attention because it's one thing, you know, they, they have 30, 30 papers to grade for one class. They might have anywhere from two to, you know, four, five, or six classes. That is so many essays to write. They just can't, there's not enough hours in the day. Bless, bless classroom teachers. I, I could never do what they do. They should all be sainted. Um, but the... I, I really got a lot out of that sort of extra relationship, even if it was only an extra five minutes. And teachers see kids who want to improve. They see kids who are putting the work in. And it's not just my mom forced me to do these science test corrections. Like, can I have half of my points back or like whatever? It's like, hey, I didn't need to do this. But I have a question about this essay or this chemistry experiment. My my chemistry teacher and I got along well because I was like, how exactly does this work? Uh, and my calculus teacher was the same where I was like, okay, but like, what if we applied it to this situation? We would do problems together. And that was really instructive for me because not only did I learn something, but I learned how to collaborate with a really smart person because my calculus teacher is one of the smartest and best math teachers I've ever known. He was so good at teaching calculus. He was really amazing at it. And watching him logic through taught me something. And I wouldn't have had that experience if I had just kind of like, you know, sat in my seat when the bell rings and left when the bell rang again. How many other students did this? I can count them on one hand, probably. Mm, more or less. I definitely, it was the, the, in my high school class, the top, the like top five kids, all of whom like, like have my friends from high school have just done extraordinary things. They're engineers and they're working on going to Mars and like really, really cool stuff. They, but they, we all did it in spite of ourselves, to be honest. We, we were just so compelled to learn more and to, and thirsty for, thirsty for knowledge. I mean, just craving to know more, very curious, enjoyed it. And that is a special kind of advantage because when you really enjoy learning European history, it's easier to do well on the exam <laughs> because you paid attention. So it sounds like the the takeaway message from this is the way to stand out is to just be curious and want to learn more. And your teachers will know that and will see that. And, you know, good things happen from there. Is there is there any other methods or anything else you might recommend? Well, what I do notice with a lot of students is that, that it's rare that they feel that way across the board. So perhaps they feel that way about one subject or two subjects that they're really passionate about, even three or four, but sometimes they're not, and sometimes they don't care about the rest of the subjects, or sometimes those subjects are non-academic. So I have a, a music student, I mean, I teach him math and other things, but his primary passion is jazz and music, and... I have some limited jazz knowledge and ability. So I'm, I tell him like, show me what you, show me what you're working on. Let's see it. Explain it to me. Show me why this is good. Tell me why it's good. Tell me where you're at now and where do you want to be? 
Like, where do you hope you can get to? And that boy just lights on fire for it. He is so excited about it. And the next time I see him, he's like, I talked to my jazz teacher about it. And see, that's the thing. He did it in spite of himself. He had questions. He had things to ask. And I was not equipped to teach him like advanced jazz. So he talked to his jazz teacher about it and they developed a relationship and his jazz teacher was able able to help him in ways that I could not. And I just think that's wonderful. And sometimes all it takes is giving a kid permission to be passionate about what they love and they'll do the rest of it themselves. And unfortunately, and this is a hot take, I guess, but the education system in the U.S. is not necessarily built to reward passion. (laughs) It is certainly built to reward a certain kind of work and discipline and work ethic. You know, it's uh, I would not say that our education system is geared necessarily toward happy people, (laughs) toward creating happy citizens. But there's everybody can be passionate about something. And kids, especially like teenagers, like high school kids are starting to figure out what that is. And I think the most powerful thing somebody can do for them is give them permission to enjoy what they enjoy and say, go ask questions, do it. So as a parent, what would be like the takeaway message that I should tell my kids? Like, what should I do to help my kids stand out? I'd say encourage them to, to do the thing that they're passionate about. And you might not love it. It might be, it might be frustrating to you that your kid is exceptional at drawing doodles in their notebooks but i've had students who were exceptional at that and they're at art school now at like pomona and like these other like other like really cool art schools and they're that was frustrating for the parents it was very frustrating that their kid loved music or theater or you know sports or welding i have a a student who is was good at welding now he's an electrical engineer at the university of michigan you know and those things did not translate into high sat scores necessarily or like a hundred percent in math but they did translate into their major and what they want to do with their lives and so i would say if you can identify what your kid is secretly or not secretly passionate about and find ways to encourage them, I think that that passion and life will spill over into other things as well because they'll realize, I've had students who, once they find out what they love, this is a funny example, but I have a student I've taught for years and years who his sophomore year of high school decided that he wanted to go to the University of Oregon for sports marketing. And his grades skyrocketed that year and for the rest of high school because he knew what college he wanted to go to. He knew the program he wanted to get into. He knew what he wanted to do. And he was like, I need high grades to get into this school and to get into this program that I want to do. And he worked his butt off and I was, I witnessed it. His parents and I are still just like sort of flabbergasted that he went for it so hard, but he got all of his grades up. He took it seriously. And it was because he knew that he wanted to do sports marketing. And he was successful at it. So basically, once students have an aim that's their own and a goal that's their own, they will naturally, and and if you encourage that, they will naturally probably do well and stand out and people will notice and eventually colleges will notice. And hopefully one day they'll even be able to build a pretty good life out of that. Yeah, I I can't think of a single counterexample to that, honestly. I've had many students for whom that is true and they're like, they're loving it. They're loving studying whatever art, theater, music, math, sports marketing, foreign languages, you know, and and that passion has really given them the juice to to make it happen. It's really amazing to watch. 
Well, there you have it. So being a class clown and annoying your teachers is not the only way to stand out. Indeed. there. Yes, there are many ways. And yeah, I, I, I hope all of that is helpful because it it, it can feel a little uh, woo-woo sometimes. But I, from the data that I've seen and the students that I've taught, I would say that that is that it, it works. It really does. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone so much for joining us. If you have any questions about what we talked about today, we would love to hear them. There is an email address in the show notes. If there's anything else that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, please send us those ideas because we want to provide information that you'll find useful. That's our whole goal. Also, if you found this podcast useful, it would be so awesome if you would leave us a review because that helps us reach more people and helps us keep making this podcast. So thank you all so much and we'll see you next time.